This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian hey. and Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk some game news regarding Rainbow Six Year 3 Season 3, some controversy surrounding IGN and their review of Dead Cells, and a little ditty about the Smash Brothers Nintendo Direct. Then we'll jump into a quick review of Dead Cells without plagiarizing anyone, hopefully. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places that you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. $1. We reached can, a goal. You Woo. can afford $1, please. Yeah, we did reach our $50 a month goal. Thank you to all of you who have contributed, uh, including Jason K and Gojo. I think we should make it a point that when we do reach a goal, we could name our benefactors like just that one time. but Like everybody? Yeah, like everyone up until that point. But also, obviously, Jason K gets special recognition because he is the man. And Gojo. And as Gojo. Well. And yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, well, and we'll prepare that for the yeah. next episode. We're also, I, I have put a new goal or a new uh, reward or incentive for hitting the $100 thing. I will bring back a daily Midwest Film Nerds thing that will just be me, most likely, talking about film news. I will try and make it more exciting. Because uh, the pilot that I recorded was not very enthused because I recorded it at two in the morning one day. Yeah, but everybody should check that pilot out because it was a good one. It's on the Film Nerds feed or you can go to the Midwest Podcast Network Facebook and uh, and check them out there. But, but yeah, if you do want to help out the Patreon, please head over to patreon.com slash Midwest Podnet. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us in your favorite podcatcher. Speaking of feedback, our homeboy Gladish from the motherland, he uh, emailed us and he said, Hey guys, first of all, good job on the last episode. I enjoyed it a lot. You had some interesting topics and discussions. I know I'm late to the party, but I finally played Heavy Rain and it was amazing. The story was really good. I think it's the first game I actually finished since A Way Out. I remember John talking about Detroit Become Human and how it was not a good game, but it was a great experience, and I'm in the same boat as Heavy Rain, with Heavy Rain. I can't recall ever holding so many buttons at the same time in such a weird way, but the worst <laughs> thing was when the game wanted me to shake the controller. I was kind of waiting for the game to tell me to throw the controller against the wall or something like that. This took a lot of fun away, and I don't think it would be necessary at all. Simple quick-time events where you press buttons or hold buttons are enough, in, in my opinion, and shaking the controller or shit like that should not be a thing at all. But whatever. The story was good enough to keep me going, and it was a great experience. So how is Detroit compared to Heavy Rain from a gameplay perspective? Worse, better, or just the same with better graphics and different story? And since there was a lot of Destiny talk on the last episode, I'd like to add some Siege talk to this one. Operation Grim Sky is on its way and will give us two new operators in the rework of Hereford Base. It's going to be the second time they change an already existing map. Did you guys enjoy the clubhouse changes, and are you looking forward to this Hereford rework? And what do you guys think about the rework thing in general? Should they keep doing that and make the existing maps better, or should they just give us new maps and not bother with the old shit? May the Lord be with you. All right, so first question, how is Detroit compared to Heavy Rain? Alex, you might have more to say about that specifically. Yeah, um, that's a good question. And honestly, I think to me, I would almost say Heavy Rain is better because it was fresher at the time. 
uh, when Heavy Rain came out, things like Until Dawn didn't exist uh, at that time. And, and I think, honestly, in my full, full-hearted opinion, I think Until Dawn is the best David Cage-style game out there, including David Cage's own games, because it's not a David Cage game. But I think it goes after the things that he wants to do while also having a fun and interesting story in it. I think Heavy Rain is close to that, but he does get really wacky with the controller shaking and like weird button combinations. And like, it's almost like in some cases, like you're playing that that Quop Flash game, where you have the four letters that are controlling different muscles in a runner's I mean, it, body. Is it the sort of thing where like he engineered it in a way so that it would confuse you and create issues? Where like the, like the utilization of the controller itself is almost a game of it of its own, it, or like the the. The instances I remember where you're using multiple buttons and inputs at the same time are meant to be har- harrowing and like like strenuous for the character and therefore strenuous for you. Yeah. It's almost like you're playing a game of Twister and it's it's the whole conceit behind Twister where it's like, oh, it's going to be hard to put your left foot on orange if your hand is already on, like, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. So... And in that sense, I think it works and it does a good job because he's kind of like, I want you to go through an extenuating circumstance with your controller in order to make the character get through this extenuating circumstance in the game. But do you feel that that takes you out of the game? Because I, th- I feel like it would take me out of the game. If I'm concentrating on how I'm manipulating the controller more than what's actually happening on screen, Like it kind of removes me from it. That's That was kind of my issue with... Uh, Detroit Become Human is those instances where I was making crazy gang signs, like trying to get the controller <laughs> to do its thing. Like it, it was one of those sorts you of. You may have joined the blood. I know. I uh, somehow I joined. I joined like twelve. They games don't know where day. you live. Like, but that's the sort of thing that actually like pulls me out of the game because I'm sitting there wondering like how the hell I'm going to do what needs to be done and it's, and it's frustrating and I'm not paying attention to the quick time events that are actually happening and what kind of dialogue is being spoken. And it just kind of pulls me out of it. So I totally think that is a valid response. For me, I think a lot of those things came flying so fast in Heavy Rain that I didn't have enough time to think about how it was pulling me out of the game. Right. <laughs> but, I, but I could see how people could feel that way. And, but that, and I, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, I get it. And I that's, don't think that's the these sort games of... are like master strokes for everyone i don't think they hit all the right notes for everyone and they're definitely the kind of game where like even though you may make those mistakes in pressing the buttons like they the the mistakes aren't gonna like it's not like you're gonna die and start over like it the story proceeds but because you screwed up there's some butterfly effect event that takes place whatever yeah so it kind of helps that there's that like that keeps you engrossed in the game instead of like you know think of like god of war like the first god of war on ps2 Mm -hmm when you would screw up a quick time event and die, like yeah. you would have to replay that sequence that again. boss battle or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like, I guess that's more removing, uh, than what have you. Yeah. Rain doing. I think there's a lot more time to think about what happened with the God of war situation. Not so yeah. much with heavy rain, but I to get back to the original question. I personally will revisit heavy rain again before I ever revisit Detroit again. Yeah, I think. And, and I think it is a combination of, the story in Heavy Rain to me is more compelling and less on the nose. Only less, not <laughs> not not on the nose because it is, but it's less on the nose. 
On a different part of the nose, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. It a nostril, yes. possibly. It's close to the not nose. Not quite on the tip. It's like you're, it's on the lip. It's not on the nose. But, uh, no, uh, the only other thing about it is I know that the P- the PS3 version of Heavy Rain has a PlayStation Move uh, control system to it. You can play through the whole game using two Move controllers rather than a DualShock. Interesting. And I always wanted to try that out because I feel like it would be even more insane. And there's probably a lot of flailing and definitely some like controller a lot of the, the controller shaking, like yeah, maybe holding two of them like this. And you're yeah, like, and you gotta yep, alternate real quick. Yep, yeah. towards your face. Yeah, and then like you have to, to make op- the meter fill. Open your mouth. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Maybe yeah. something like that. The the non-video folks are really yeah. missing out on something. There. They really so are. Go to our YouTube to check yeah. that out, but. <laughs> uh yeah no i personally i think i would go back to heavy rain before i would go back to detroit but yeah. uh yeah don't buy detroit unless it's super cheap gladish yeah and, and then uh yeah thanks gladish uh he's got another question here about the desk or not destiny the rainbow six uh, rainbow stuff. six yeah uh the clubhouse changes uh those were a good update i think to clubhouse it was cool to have them rework that i am pretty pumped that they're re- reworking hereford base um and just to get to your general question about reworking the maps in, in general, I think it's a good idea. I think it spices up the gameplay a bit, especially like as much as we play it. Yeah. It's nice to create new challenges and then also have to rework your strategies. Um, but it kind of sucks because it makes a lot of the videos I watch from Get Flanked like super obsolete on those yeah. particular <laughs> maps. So, um, yeah, I, I can't... I- enjoy that map the way it is to clubhouse or her for base her for base clubhouse i like some of the changes but we found out the other day that you can get spawn killed really easily and that wasn't a good change remember which oh from the main entrance area yeah yeah that's always been like that though i feel I've like just, i've never seen it happen to that degree <laughs> it was ridiculous yeah. i haven't played enough on the new clubhouse to really formulate an opinion i just know that it totally screwed me over the first time i played it after the change yeah i mean i i liked <laughs> that they connected some rooms to make moving throughout the map smoother for defenders i feel like like yeah. that kind of uh update was definitely welcome um, I don't know what to expect with the Hereford base update because I haven't watched the trailer yet. It's so I don't know. Um, very significant. Like yeah. it's getting a whole new look and everything. It, cool. They're taking it back to like it looks like World War Two era looking okay. kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. On the whole, I would rather have new maps. I don't think reworking necessary. Like if I had to pick between the two, I'd say new map. But if they're like, hey, would you rather have a new map or like three reworked ones or something? Like if it was like a proposition like that, I would maybe get it. But I don't it's not really even that. Yeah, either, I mean, so. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not a fan of Villa. I think Villa is a nice it's it's a mm-hmm. cool map, but it's a very big map. And yeah. I feel like it's such a big map that it it should maybe like, you know, how in some of the the um what are the situations like you'll they'll put you in a map but they'll like court courting off like certain areas yeah. like i think they kind of need to do that with villa like it, you should be able to like as and i don't know if it's like that when you're playing like ranked on villa because i haven't played a ranked map like in villa yet but choosing which section of like that because the facility's huge yeah it is really big so it, it well if they're going to keep giving us new maps and those maps are going to be massive like i feel like 
like make more of it destructible, I guess, so I can move through it differently. I guess I haven't really like looked into the actual um I guess this gets us in out of feedback and into news. Yeah. Uh I haven't really looked into the actual wording on like the the Ubisoft announcements, but or Ubisoft, excuse me. They just me. it said but the the like I've got, they, I've got their notes pulled up. Are for, they reworking these maps because they think there's something wrong with them, or are they reworking them because they just want to freshen up the map? Like, what is their kind of impetus behind? Right, and it's I don't a little of both. I don't know if they've actually answered that anywhere. I yeah. would assume that the reason they're updating the maps is because part of it is they're seeing the popularity of the Rainbow Six um, League is becoming bigger bigger yeah it's they're getting a wider audience the game is is growing it's still growing which is great that's awesome um and because of that like they're having more of an opportunity to um you know they've got a wider base now of people who are willing to have input on what things need to happen um and i think it's just the sort of thing where they they just want to make sure they're constantly creating content that everyone likes and if it's them reacting to suggestions that people have for these maps, I think that's cool. But it's just not something that I've never played a map and been like, this shit is so flawed. I need them to redo something on it. If they or higher level players felt that way about these maps, then that's cool, I guess. But personally, like if it were between reworked maps and new maps, I would want new maps just because, yeah. you know, but I understand that takes a lot more investment and time and, you know, it's going to bring a whole new swath of problems with that one you know errors they didn't find or something like that so uh but either way i'm just happy that they keep supporting it i guess you know yeah no that's cool so i miss rainbow six i need to play more of it yeah i need to get back into games in general yeah um yeah so keeping with the rainbow six thing we're going to jump right into the news here and talk about the uh the new operator. So the first operator, this is straight from Ubisoft's notes. The first operator is a defender from Great Britain. She's a tough police officer who's an expert on mob behavior and snatch squad tactics. She knows she belongs in the front line and she doesn't tolerate any nonsense. The second operator is an American attacker, a specialist with a remarkably sharp mind when it comes to tactical operations. He has seen the worst in Kabul. Despite it all, he fell in love with the city. Legendary for his surgical precision, he remains an enigma within Rainbow Six. Um, let's uh, let's go back to that first uh, image of the defender. Yeah. So it looks like we're getting a shield defender. She's got like a shock shield. Is that what that is? I think so, or some kind of shock barricade. Ooh. No one's really been able to like confirm it, but okay. um, I'm really pumped to see a shield defender. I think that's something that like is kind of like it's a long time coming. Yeah. Um, super exciting for that. I'm interested to see what kind of weapons she's gonna have. Um. I think they were, so they say she's a defender from Great Britain, so she's like Scotland Yard style, uh, you know. Yeah. It, it looks like she could be also driving a uh, armored Segway or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, looking at the picture, that's pretty funny. <laughs> this armored Segway's shock projectiles are uh, powered by its own, uh, what is that, when it powers itself? Uh like a gyroscopic something. I yeah. Like the way they use in like a Toyota like uh, Prius when it uses the brakes to create more yeah, energy. Yeah, like a recharge. It yeah. would be well, interesting. A regenerative uh, 
Re- restorative braking? Yeah. Yeah. She'd probably have a speed of six, but not be able to repel or anything. <laughs> so, I mean, it would be a good trade off. No, so I'm, the, I'm excited for a shield defender, though. That's that's going to be sweet. I've got the uh, the windowscentral.com article on this pulled up, and they, they're saying that reference to a hole blocker operator was found and appears to use a projectile based system with single, double, and trap states. This could be on the way for a future season or have simply been canned during development. So I don't know if that is within reference to... Well, the shield looks like it's expandable on the sides. Like It looks yeah. like it can push out. And by single, double, uh, what is it, blocker, hole blocker. So it, she can probably fill single space holes in walls where one person can fit through or double space holes or doorways. Yeah. Maybe she um, just seals holes, too. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. But that's, interesting. that's uh, I'm pretty pumped to see that that in action uh yeah. and the second uh, operator the american attacker looks like he's got a blowtorch of some sort is what they're yeah. saying or i hope it's a flamethrower flamethrower maybe i don't know exactly what he's got going on but the speculation is that he it will be able to cut through walls and things like yeah if he has to like actually control a br- if he can like pop out holes in like a reinforced wall or something if he's like a an attacker mira but uh yeah uh, yeah that would be interesting like he can put little like like uh, windows into reinforced walls or something for the attackers to right use. right no that would be cool yeah legendary for his surgical precision so maybe he's or maybe he's just making little tiny kill holes and reinforced walls maybe he can yeah. shoot through walls just straight up with fire bullets yeah yeah <laughs> that sounds awesome uh and the other thing they're talking about is the hereford base map is gonna like have weather effects that's cool yeah so i'm really and i honestly i think weather effects should be in every map to some extent i especially like the yacht map i think it needs to be a blizzard on the outside because it oh man that like, would be so sweet and the, but the problem is like it's hard to because the menu system at least on console is so slow because I would be changing I, and that, that would that would make me buy I would spend more money in this stupid game uh, buying different if camo the store sets. would load <laughs> yeah if the store loaded I would buy different camo sets and depending on the map that we're playing I would swap the camo yeah that would be that would be interesting to actually make weather have an effect on <laughs> what you should be wearing yeah i mean i would think i think it would anyways but obviously like for the most part we all just put on the the crap that we don't really feel like paying for i've always or, wondered about people with the like hot pink weapon skins of like is that if i pick that am i, am I just screwing myself later on when somebody notices me ahead i, of I don't think I don't it's think so. it's not so much with the guns but definitely with the the body camo yeah so and obviously headgear doesn't have much of a difference either but yeah i mean obviously the dude who's playing finca or lion and they're decked out in like the hazmat yellow suit like sticks out like a sore thumb compared yeah. to like when they're wearing their normal oh. fatigues if you play glass a lot everyone's yellow so it might sound different <laughs> fair enough that's true um but yeah so we're pretty excited for the new rainbow six uh season that's coming up here yep always um, excited for new stuff in def- that game definitely gonna have to get back into it so um yeah anyways let's move along to what's next let's do some smash brothers smash brothers yeah so they did uh, nintendo had a smash brothers ultimate direct uh this week so there's a lot of interesting stuff that came out here uh this is the game that's coming out in december and has literally all of the smash brothers characters but what they did come out and say to uh, uh this week so there's two new characters being added uh, King K. Rule from Donkey Kong, the big crocodile king guy. Uh, he looks pretty interesting. 
But uh, more interesting is they got a new third-party fighter, which would be uh, Simon Belmont. And also he has an Omega skin, so like a palette swap, to be Richter Belmont. Yep. Uh, from the Castlevania series, Castlevania, Super Castlevania Four. I don't, yeah, I don't remember Simon. I guess Simon's Quest. Simon, Simon's from a few different. Yeah, he was in. Games. He was in at least three of them. And then uh, Richter is in uh, Rondo of Blood and also um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night as well. So cool to see them add more third-party people. I think Richter is awesome, and I'm excited to check it out. They also added... I just imagine standing in one spot and just whipping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, every they should, direction. They should absolutely let you do that. Because, like, every time I do that, I'm like, man, this should make me invincible, and it definitely does no, not make does me not. invincible. <laughs> the, the, the enemy always finds a way in. Yeah, even all the Medusa heads. Like, right. that was my only <laughs> line of defense against the Medusa heads, and it never worked out. Did you get the electric whip in uh, Dead Cells at I all? I did, and it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, they also added a few, they added two other Omega skins. So for Samus, they added like a dark Samus from the, uh, Metroid prime two uh, Looks game. Cool. And then also they added Chrom for, uh, the fire emblem series. I think that's, uh, an, an, another Omega skin for like Marth and Lucina and a few of the other people that have been in the games already. So that's cool. Uh, the other thing that they mentioned, there are 103 stages in this wow. new Smash Brothers. That's ridiculous. So they had they showed off this graphic. The first game had nine. Smash <laughs> Brothers Wii U had fifty six. And this one has a hundred and three. It's got oh, man, I wonder if you get the castle and the upside down castle. That that would be sweet if there's a if there's some type of Castlevania. Yeah. Uh they I know that there is a Shadow Moses one for Metal Gear Solid really? was in. There should also be a Midgar one for Cloud. Oh, that would I be think. amazing. So uh no, there's it's insane that there's 103 but the other thing is that you can switch the you can like switch the styling for each of them so there's like the normal level that it is or you can add in like the we don't want anything crazy here this is tournament level we just want one big battlefield or like a normal size battlefield or final destination which has no platforms on it you're just on one big platform with everybody yeah so you can do that to literally every stage in the game that's amazing. I, I kind of feel like they're developing this to be like the last Smash Brothers they make for a while. <laughs> yeah. They're like, here, fine, we'll give you what you want. We'll give you a shit ton of it. Here's so everything. you guys will leave us alone yes. about Smash Brothers so we can actually make some new games. I would not be surprised if that was the case. <laughs> uh, there are apparently 800 music tracks, and they Jeez. used to have each track tied to a stage, but now they have them grouped by franchise. So if you're playing on a Zelda stage, you could hear music from A Link to the Past all the way to Breath of the Wild, no See, matter what Zelda stage it is. That kind of stuff and like seeing all these levels makes me kind of want to get it just to see that stuff but i just don't enjoy playing these games yeah well no i i, I get it they're they're, it's they're not like, for everyone no, that's for sure no. but it, I, they're too chaotic for me is my problem i'm pretty excited about it they had a few other things that they added in there's going to be eight player fights again which is fantastic yeah, but you can do it on literally every map which is amazing uh squad strike you do three versus three or five versus five so they kind of turned it into hmm. a uh Marvel so, versus Capcom or Dragon Ball Fighters yeah. style. Is that on the screen at once? So 10 players? No, no? You, you kind of go through. It, it's like you pick oh. these five characters okay, and we I will fight you. through all five. Of as, as one gets knocked out, the next one comes yes. in. Yeah, okay. I don't know if there's like switching before any of them die or not. But yeah. 
and then they have this one that was that sounded really cool called Smashdown, where you have to play through the entire roster of the game and Jeez. each each match, like you and a friend are playing, and every match that you play, the characters you picked last round cannot be picked again. So you have to work your way through all of them, okay, and see who wins in the end. So that sounded pretty cool. I and feel then, like they've geared this towards esports a lot. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is that Evo happened two weekends ago, the mm-hmm. big fighting game tournament. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters was the biggest game there that had the most entrants in it. So it's kind of knocked uh, Street Fighter out of the top spot, essentially. But yeah. there were two Smash Brothers games being played there. People still play Melee, and there were also playing also people playing the Wii U game. Yeah. So I think the idea is like they want this to be the one that gets played at Evo. I don't yeah, doubt that it, it will be. And it sounds like with all the different levels of customization and everything, like it's it's set up to like cater to any tournament style, which is really really cool. Absolutely. It's like everything on it is very tweakable. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a check this box of playing at Evo and it makes it so that there's no items or anything like that. Yeah. And it's just you know the big battlefield stages or something like that, but. Um, so yeah, it is gearing up to be an insane game. I'm excited to check it out and, and see all of what they have added to it. But, um, would you call it the ultimate smash brothers experience? It certainly seems like it will be that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm excited to check it out and I, it blows my mind that they still were like, Oh, Hey, guess what? There's two more characters here. Yeah. So that seems like they're still adding more and more to it, even though it's quite a colossal undertaking in the first place. They so. can't even fit everyone in that shot. No. <laughs> I think they, I mean, they probably are all there, but. Yeah. So. Hidden. But yeah, that is that one. And then our final news story can kind of lead us. It's a big uh, audible ad, which apparently. Oh, cool. There we go. Uh, Dead Cells. Is going to be what we talk about this week, but there was a big kerfuffle because um, that's a good word, kerfuffle. Yes, uh, IGN posted a video review earlier this week, and they were quickly accused by a man who goes by the name of Boomstick Gaming on YouTube. Um, I feel like someone brought it to his attention, but maybe not. I don't think so. I think, I think he found it and was like, "What." do i do he made a video basically saying what do i do about this <laughs> yeah but yeah. he posted that video to reddit yeah and then reddit is where it kind of blew up right um but basically uh, this guy made a video review and somebody at ign made a video review and you can watch that original youtube video and it's called ign copied my dud cells review what do i do <laughs> and uh see the points yourself and see what happens but basically what it comes down to is there were it's kind of hard to talk about like in video game reviewing video games you can go through only so many different like verbs to describe the same types of yeah uh mechanics and systems and gameplay types and, and things like that but this guy kind of posted some pretty glaringly obvious evidence to the fact that it seems like he was plagiarized in this sense. Like, there's even a point where he goes to the same timestamp in both his video and the IGN video, and they both say essentially the exact same words. So, 
to IGN's credit, as soon as they heard about this, they pulled down the video and put up a little message that said this video has That's been taken down. That's how I first with, found out about it yeah. because I went there to see what the review was and it wasn't there. Yeah. So they, they, they pulled it down. They put up a message that said, hey, this uh, review has, has accusations of plagiarism against it and we are currently investigating and it ended up resulting in the... Um, in the editorial person who was in charge of editing the video and putting it together uh getting fired and he has since come out and denies the fact that it is straight plagiarism he basically goes on to say that he uh has his review style is to go and consume as much of everything that he can about something and then kind of formulate his thoughts on the product after that but that sounds kind of bs bsy to me but i mean you can go see for yourself it's all out there on the internet yeah the, make I, your own judgment it's like when it starts off it's it's easy for me to think oh you know it's like some some people brought up the good point uh, this they talked about it on the giant beast cast i think but somebody brought up the point that maybe it was verbiage from like a um from a press release or something like that but it it it's not at all there wasn't a like motion twins or twin motions press release that they put out does not have like that specific wording called out or anything yeah. like that so i don't know this is a it's a tough industry there's people that are always trying to be a part of this industry and do the best that they can and to have somebody at ign in like an editorial capacity to just squander this position that they came across and yeah. they, that they earned and that they, they went to like it, it it's disheartening, but I mean, it's the sort of thing again, where we now live in a world where it's all about getting clicks and the faster you can get a lot of clicks, the better, the sooner you can get out your review, the better for you because you're getting clicks before the other person's getting clicks. Yeah. So I suppose I'm not surprised that something like this has happened at IGN, and I'm sure it's happened other times and just went unnoticed. I mean, it just seems like something that happens in multiple industries, not just video games in general, just because of the way media out media outlets work now. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the standard sort of thing where, like, even just look at, like, I mean, anything Gawker Media is involved with at this point, even though they're pretty much on their way out because Gawker's is garbage, according to the rest <laughs> of the world. But... um they these people making these blog posts are not actually being edited they're not getting an editor to go through and pick and choose and change things around and like look and see what could or couldn't be plagiarized yada yada they're literally just typing it up and hitting publish well and the other a lot thing of about the time that, at least i i think you know i don't want to speak too ill of people like that because you know i'm sure there are people from like joe schmo's blog who's like copying and pasting shit and putting whatever up there but um that's fucking hard with video like you know i don't know how much you guys when you were in school got to the point where it was like you need to submit your paper through this website in order to allow us to see how much of it may have been copied from other sources so when i was in high school that started happening that didn't exist yet and in college obviously that that happened a bit too but how do you do that for a video review of something, you know? Like what no, I, I agree. 
it, it just seems extremely difficult in order to comb through audio like that of a different person's voice with different like underlying sound effect and background noise underneath it like there's never going to be a great automated way to do that unless i guess somebody transposes the uh like the there are noises going on i think it must be lizzie trying to dig a hole in the in the the futon or something yeah but and, and like the um, basically what I'm trying to say is that I think it's going to be difficult for anybody to track down plagiarism in like a video form without like having direct access to the source material and like right. being able to break down the transcripts of something easily. So no, I just I mean, in my experience, uh, writing papers and being around other people writing papers and doing anything of this sort. You know, any any kind of like publication sort of situation Um, and especially one that's monetized. Everyone's always looking for the fastest way to get. Yeah. Whatever's out there, out there. And it's uh, it's disheartening. But I just think like we're going to see more and more of this happen because people are super lazy and it's all about making money. It's weird to see it happen at somewhere as big as IGN. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. It, it's not the f- it's not the first time this kind of happened with this guy too, isn't it? I thought it happened the, like one other so time. So Jason Schreier pointed out, I think, after the fact that there are some weird uh, similarities between this guy's FIFA 18 review for Switch and the Nintendo Life review of the same yeah. game. So there there is like it's happened a few times, is what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, and it's and it that's what's. Now, well, now this guy's career is basically ruined, which is fine. I'm okay with that, I suppose. Like, find a new job, buddy. Like, it's weird know. to me that he's now posted like a response video. Like, dude, there's almost no way for you to. Yeah, nobody cares anymore, man. Yeah, but... you got to know when you're beaten and fess up. Yeah, and throw in the on. towel and move on. Like, nobody cares what you have to say. You've already been dragged through the mud and you're covered in it. So just deal with it. Yeah, you you messed up on a big scale. And, and it's obvious. Yeah. Like, you can't defend yourself at this point, which, you know, again, we live in a world where you can't, you really can't defend yourself. It doesn't matter what you say because whatever comes out first is the only thing that sticks. So, yes and no. Uh, but, but, it, like, this is something that it's hard to come out and say, you know, oh, uh, like, unless he's got, like, a script that he mailed to himself seven months ago that was the right. same thing. <laughs> like, right. what is he going to do? Which that'd be a sweet magic trick, dude, but I don't think you can pull it off. So, yeah. you know. Anyways, shame on you. Find a new job. Good luck. Yeah. Hit up monster.com or whatever the hell. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I think so. No, it's ZipRecruiter now. ZipRecruiter is the big one. We're not, we are not affiliated with ZipRecruiter. They are not sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. We do not condone the use of their website. Nope. Uh, we do love Pepsi, on the other hand, and they are also <laughs> not sponsoring us, but we are all <laughs> drinking Pepsi right now. Anyways, uh, so you guys got a chance to play Dead Cells. So yeah. without using any plagiarized terms and <laughs> sentences and words, what do you feel about this game? Well, I wish I had the exact quote from the video so that I could say it. He's right just now, pulling it up. That would be amazing. But Last, I mean, when I, I originally know. bought it, it was in early access still. Yeah, on Steam, say, right? Like, several months ago maybe yeah i think you spoke year. about it when you bought it i spoke about it when i had yeah. originally bought it because i heard about it from 
uh, Jason A. Striker of of games uh, of of Giant Bomb was the first person that I heard talking about it ever. But um, I guess they felt like they needed to spend a lot of time polishing things or whatever because it doesn't seem much different to me than when I played it last time. But that's not a bad thing because it felt like a finished game when I originally played it. Um, it's definitely still very difficult for me personally not being very good at games sometimes well let's (laughs) let's give let's give a little bit of a high level overview so this is a side scrolling game uh it is kind of run based it's a lot like rogue legacy in the sense where you go through and collect cells from enemies which you can then spend to unlock items that can appear in your run Mm mm-hmm and then uh, if you die, you go back to the beginning. You can go back through, collect more cells, and try to do more. Uh, so there's several stages you can go through. There's, like, ba- branching paths through these stages, so you might not visit the same stages each time. Uh, but it is a side-scroller a la Castlevania or Metroid. And, uh, and But it is procedurally generated. So every time you die, there's a completely new path. There's, yeah. like, a completely new dungeon that you're going through. The uh, the first level is always like the same level. I mean, it has a different layout that's generated, but it is essentially the same tile set. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, you may end up at like the ramparts or the sewers or I think the several ossuary. other several other areas. So it's it's nonlinear. Um, and then there are. Uh, like smaller elite bosses and then there's larger bosses i don't really know how all that works because <laughs> i haven't gotten that far yeah because i suck but it's still a lot of fun i lost 20 cells in a run today that made me shut the game off it hurts yeah <laughs> so that's I, the thing i feel like, like it takes a little too long to unlock an upgrade that's probably my biggest complaint so far so you can be spending anywhere from like uh so things that you can unlock, you can find blueprints in the world that you can bring down to once you complete like a section of the level. There's always like a stopgap in between where you heal up, you turn in your cells to like put them towards blueprints and things like that. But so when you're when you're trying to unlock one of these blueprints to actually have the item show up in your game, you can be paying anywhere between five cells all the way up to I've seen like 250 cells is one that I'm working on right now. Okay. And so far in the first couple levels, you're mostly bringing in anywhere from like 15 to 30, 40 cells by the time yeah. you get to the first like big boss. Basically, if you don't unlock like a one of those timed doors or something, you're probably going to be pulling in like 10 to 15, I feel like. Yeah. In one run between vendors or whatever it kind of like the the amount of cells that appear changes as you go through because i think there's more enemies like every enemy you kill doesn't necessarily give you a cell but the more enemies there are to kill the more cells you can get obviously yeah and that's random um so with this game brian brian you're not you're not like uh, an avid metroidvania style player are you no like i i didn't really grow up playing consoles that much i only played them at friends houses i was solely a pc gamer right right up until like xbox 360 so um i mean i played symphony of the night a little bit i think i only had the demo yeah whatever um and i played 
Shadow Complex, I think, is the closest game yeah. to a Metroidvania-style game that I actually played all the way through. Okay. That do game's pretty so, cool, by the way. Do you see yourself playing this more? Like, are you are you really feeling this game? Like, does it? Yeah. Uh, the, honestly, the roguelike aspect of it is the biggest turnoff to me because okay. I'm not a, really a huge fan of those style of games. Like, the fact that it takes me so long to get the persistent upgrades is turning me off a bit. Yeah. Like, it took me, like, clearing every enemy in the, the base level and then most of the next level I got into. I feel like I did that for, like, an hour or two and finally got the one upgrade that I was looking for. But the and thing is, like, I think... The further you get in the dungeon, the more cells you will get through things. But then I'll probably die. Well, with that's more the, cells. That is the risk reward reward of the game. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm used to that aspect from playing like Neo and Dark Souls and yeah. Bloodborne. But um, the the difference with this game is you can't go back and like get that stuff. That's it's just true. Done. Yeah, and I'm really kind of I'm really sick of the first level already because it doesn't change. Like I mean, like I said, the layout changes, but it's always the same enemies for the most part and the same tile yeah. set. Yeah, I have gotten a lot further than I did when I originally got it. When so I was playing on PC. I have bought it for Switch now. Uh, it's a great Switch game. There is some slowdown when there are oh, really? many enemies on the screen, I was which curious is about a bit that. of a bummer, but hopefully they'll continue trying to optimize it and make it better. But um, I was frustrated with the same thing. Like it takes you, it would take you two to three runs to unlock like a new bow or something like that if you were going to like just go through that first level several times. But if you go through like the first three levels, and that's the thing is that you cannot get through a segment of the of your run without spending your souls. So if you collect 15 souls and then you're leaving the first level cells cells, excuse me. <laughs> you're leaving that first level area to go to the toxic sewers. Then in between you have to spend those cells until before you can move on. So yeah, you okay. won't lose them there. You don't have to like you can add them incrementally to start unlocking items. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so you don't have to like accumulate all of them as you go through the run longer and longer. Like say something like Spelunky where you can keep picking up items on your whole run through to make you more well equipped to fight the boss at the end of it or something. With this one, you're kind of like spending these cells uh as you make your way through each segment, but each segment, the amount of cells you can get goes up more and more and more. Right. Like I've brought home 40 cells, I think is like the biggest I've done in one big take, but that's in like one of the later segments. That's yeah. like the fourth or fifth segment in the well, game rather than the first. Another risk reward trade off that the game throws at you is like, there are doors in levels that are timed to close after a certain amount of time. Like, if you don't get there quick enough, you can't get in. So it it gives you the incentive of like if you want to you want to go as fast quickly. as you possibly can, right? Well, and it's worth it in a way because there's a lot of resources in those. Like I got, I think like twenty cells just from going into the so one the, area the and a that, bunch of blueprints. The point of that is to like 
cut down on the mundanity of things. So yeah. it's like if you're sick of playing through that first level, what it shows you is like, oh, speed run through this. And then in the next level or the next segment of your run, if you can make it to that door within having only played a minute or like two and a half minutes, Mm -hmm. you can get in there, collect a bunch of cells and then get out. And then there are more of them in each of the successive levels. You just have to find that door where it's at. Well, the problem is those doors are generally at the beginning of the level. yeah. So... If you've made it to that level and gotten to the door, then you're gonna have all these cells, and you have to figure out how to get out of that level. Yep. And you're like probably in the first five to ten percent of that level. Yep. Um. Yeah. So it does like encourage some speed running as you go through the game, and as you get like, oh yeah, I'm sick of seeing these same two enemies at the beginning of the start here, so I'm just gonna start skipping through most of it because you can dodge through enemies. Yeah, yeah, that's like cool. A, like a Souls game, essentially. So you can just kind of like invincibly dodge through their attack or them just standing there and keep going on. The Does problem that, is you just don't get any cells out of it. Right. Them. Does that dodge uh, have a cooldown? No, not really. No. Do you you don't have like a, some kind of stamina meter or no. anything like that? That's no. cool. There are, like that. uh, you can air dodge, too. Like yeah. if you jump and then dodge, you can kind oh, of sweet. shoot off over things. Right on. Um, the overall gameplay just feels really good, though. Like, um, how much is it? Like fifteen bucks? It's twenty bucks. I, I think, think it's twenty on Steam, or I maybe twenty five. I think it's twenty five normally. It just got released for twenty five for for Switch. You guys feel like it's worth twenty five bucks? Yeah, personally, I think so. And I think you, as somebody who loves Symphony of the Night, I think you would find it pretty interesting. Okay. It also reminds me a lot of something like um, Salt and Sanctuary, although yeah. that's a little bit more Souls-like with how technical the combat is. That game made me furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Dead Cells enemies are much more simple than yeah. that. Yeah. They, like, they have a lot of enemies with unique attack patterns and stuff, but they're for the most part, they're pushovers if you know when to dodge. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, in, in Symphony of the Night, there's a few like larger enemies that take like you know whatever 15 hits or so. Well, there are larger down. enemies in this and game, and then you've got like the zombies that come out of the ground that take a single hit to kill. You yes, know? yeah. Um, so as you cool. as you go deeper into the dungeon or how, whatever you want to call it, as your long gets as your run gets longer and longer, you will start running into enemies that will either take more hits or just have a little bit more. Like the, in the toxic sewers, there's a guy that you can like a slug thing that you can kill that has a bunch of like explosive eggs that drop mm-hmm. off of it when it dies. So then you have to like get away from it. After yeah, you kill those, it. yeah. Is there, is there like RPG like strength elements that level up kind of thing or are you just using per cells run? To, like, yeah. Okay. There's so little upgrade scrolls you get and uh, you can pick to upgrade one of the three color categories okay. and like certain attacks fall in certain color categories and then there's one, like, the green color also improves, I think. Well, no, I guess that's the, they're all the same. Yeah, so the thing is that, like, you'll have your, uh, like, your primary weapon, which is probably going to be some type of sword, that, or you can get, yeah. like, uh, you can get, like, a boot that allows you to kick things, or you can get, like, a, a whip, like Brian was saying, the electric whip or, or whatever. Or so, shield. Well, those are the primary, and then the the secondary can be like a shield or shuriken, or uh, you can get a firebrand to light things on fire and do additional damage, cool. like burn damage or ice to like freeze something in place. Um, so, and that's like a secondary weapon, and then there's like 
tertiary weapons that are like support things that you can i can toss this thing on the ground that will keep firing blades as long Which as i stay awesome. close to it and keep it like powered off of yeah. my body and those live on like a cooldown, whereas like the shurikens have like a have like an ammo a, to them a finite that, ammo. The, the that, well it comes back to you it does like regenerate yeah, yeah. essentially but it is finite that's that's how the bows work too is you have a yeah you were saying that, ammo yeah and then it comes shoot, back to you shoot out like five arrows and then you have to get them back or whatever they yeah. come back to you or yep no that's cool so and then each of those will have like either it's either red green or purple and it'll uh so when you get an upgrade scroll, you usually get to pick between all three of those, or like yeah. from one of those three or one of two, and it will upgrade the damage that 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 thing does, and then also add some percentage to your life. That's cool. Yeah, and if you keep picking the same color, it decreases the amount of life it gives you. Gotcha. So if you put like three upgrades so it, into red, it's significantly less health. Yeah, and it's, so it's giving you incentive to kind of like yeah. you know, switch it up, switch and, it up, and and make you know diversify um, your character <clears throat> some bit, a little bit. So, um, that all sounds really cool. I mean, it, it it like to me, it sounds like you there is a point where you can become the overpowered badass like Alucard. Uh, some of it's. Very but, dependent on luck, though. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it sounds like you just there's a lot of work to getting to that point, which I think is what kind of like makes that speed running capability appealing. Because you'll you'll reach a point where you probably get so far and you've unlocked so much of the game that it it feels like a breeze, and so you're able to go back and like rip through all of it again really fast Possibly. because you're overpowered more so. There there are some mysterious doors at the beginning start area too. I think like if you get so far you can actually unlock shortcuts to levels and that's stuff. cool that but would make it even more souls like it, and there's also some cool uh like little lore things you can find in some of the levels too yeah and the interesting thing about it is like i just noticed it but like you enter when you enter a lore section of the game it'll like light a flame on like a candle that you're walking towards it it varies depending on what section or what like level you're in but then when you see that happen, it'll pause your timer and you can go and like check out like one or two little lore items yeah. to learn a little like, bit more about Like things. actually read up the, on it. The game has a, a dark sense of humor to it too, which yes. is fun. And it's very self-aware yeah. as well. So it's, you know, I think it, it <laughs> it's a little, uh, it might be a little kitschy or like, I don't know, just kind of. Uh, irreverent for some people, but I think it's fun. It works for me. No, it sounds the, the, the it dude sounds has sweet. given the middle finger to several people in my game, so that's awesome. <laughs> different things, but the, the music's good too. It's the music is noting. good. It doesn't but it's live very up repetitive. to Symphony of the Night, unfortunately, which is <laughs> a, it's a bad game to be compared to. But uh, just put on Symphony of the Night soundtrack and then yeah, okay, while game. you play it, yeah, no, that's cool. Right on. That sounds like fun. I could get into that. I think you should I'll, check it I'll, out. I'll probably end up spending the money. Like, well, you I want to play it on Switch. I don't okay. want like I, I'd I just if I didn't already own it on PC, I would get it on Switch. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's definitely just, good for Switch. It seems like that kind of game, and that's that's why I wish Symphony of the Night was available on Switch. And I yeah. would play every Castlevania I, on Switch. I would say the biggest advantage you have on Switch is like. If you get burnt out and you feel like you've gotten pretty far to level, you can just put it in sleep mode. Yeah, you can't do that on it PC. Set it down. That's yeah. cool. You shut the game off and it's going to lose your progress. Right. No. Right on. Yeah. Well, there cool. are also daily challenges as well. So oh, that's cool. I think after a certain point, you can play through. Like uh, everybody gets the same seed and 
starting weapons and stuff like that. I haven't noticed that for some reason. It's op- it's on there's a thing on the menu for it, but you have to beat the first boss to unlock it. Oh, I haven't done that. Yet. So I haven't even seen him. And you'll get there when you get to the black bridge. <laughs> is that past the ramparts? Yes. I think there is a rampart. Uh there might be a door to the Black Bridge from the Rampart, but there are also several other stops you can make before that. Oh. So. Very mysterious. Yes. Yeah, I definitely want to play some more. I don't know about today. It's a great game, and I think anybody who's interested in like a Castlevania or Metroid-style game should certainly give it a give it a try if if that's the type of thing that you've been into. Or if you like roguelike games. Anybody who likes Rogue Legacy should have bought this game years ago yeah. it not years ago but months ago because it certainly scratches that itch and uh and you know it looks better that's for sure i think yeah i think it's got a, a much more interesting art style to it so very cool yeah all right well that's pretty much it for this episode yes uh yeah i don't know what uh what's going on with the network alex so, uh, unfortunately, Nick and I are kind of on, we both have business trips this week that make it difficult for us to record a preacher. So, that may or may not happen at some point this week. This week, We might have to do a doubleheader next week. So, keep an ear out for that. Uh, but the horror movie yearbook guys just covered The Brood uh, from the class of 1979. <laughs> they- yeah, hey, it's my year. <coughs> There's an item here that says uh, they they talk about their horror video game dreams. Okay. Oh, so, I want to hear that. Yeah, I, I think Gamerids fans would be interested in checking that out. But yeah, so that's that's what I know is going on as of right now. But hopefully there will be more coming soon. Very so. cool. Well, if you want to follow us on social media or check all uh, see all the places that you can listen to or watch, though, check out MidwestGamers.com/links. And uh, again, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash midwestpodnet, where you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. That's $1. It's a dollar. And it's auto-subscription, subscri- so you don't even have to worry about doing it every month. It'll just automatically do it. Gives us a buck. Helps us pay for all kinds of stuff like hosting fees and uh, you know maybe a little bit of advertising here and there now that we're in our second tier of... Uh, of uh what's it called goals yes uh so you know it helps us expand the show which is what we're looking for and uh if you if you have the time and and a dollar you can spare we would really appreciate it again thanks to jason k for his ten dollar contribution and gojo for his contribution as well yeah uh and as always we do appreciate your feedback which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher not sure what we're going to do next time but i feel like I'm going to have to go and look through the schedule of what's coming out soon. Uh, I kind of want to hit up Monster Hunter on PC, like kind of, sort of, really bad. I also just want to play more Rainbow Six. Uh, We will be releasing our next episode just a few days before Donut County hits, I believe. Uh, Yes. One of our previous favorites from PAX. And we just found out it's going to be on iOS. Yes. And I'm super excited about that. Definitely getting it on iOS. It's only $5, too. Yeah. I want to play it on my iPad. Yeah. That's awesome. Just something. It's it should be it's a screen smudge simulator 2018. <laughs> yeah. Because that's all you're gonna do is trace your finger around the screen and just make all these smudges. Yeah. Of grease. That's so. true. Anyways, yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, pay attention to social media. Hopefully, we'll let you guys know what we're uh, gonna be talking about next. But we appreciate you listening and 
Uh, yeah, see you next time. Peace. <laughs>